Hi, this is Arnita Patrice, and this is Real Talk with Arnita Patrice. This is my first podcast, and I pray that it will be something that you all can enjoy. I promise to bring authentic topics, authentic conversations, authentic interviews to you this year. So bear with me. I'm still trying to get all of the kinks out of uh, hosting a podcast. Well, who is Arnita Patrice? She is me. I am her. (laughs) Well, I'm a mother of a daughter, Adrian, and I'm a grandmother of two girls, Shamaya and Arian. And they are my world. I love my family. I'm not married. I've never been married before. I had my daughter when I was young. I was a teenage mother. And I had my daughter when I was um, turning 17, the year I was turning 17. So my daughter and I, we basically were raised together. I wasn't perfect. And a lot of things that went into raising my daughter. And so there was a disconnect at some time between my daughter and I. But I'm thankful and grateful that God has mended the disconnect. And we're working on our relationship. It's been real. I enjoy our conversations, our uncomfortable conversations. Because sometimes you have to have that. And even as a parent, we have to listen when our children are saying, you know, I didn't like when you did this or when you did this when I was young, it hurt me. We can't always have the defense of or use the defense. I was young when I had you. Okay, you were young, but still you made some errors. So listen to her. And ask for forgiveness. And that's what I did. So I'm so grateful to God that we're on this road of healing and recovery. Um, She's been a blessing to me. I tell her all the time when I was young, when my daughter was young, she wasn't even two years old. I was sexually assaulted and repeatedly. And I found out I was pregnant. And in that that ordeal, I remember just shutting down. I remember just like not even wanting to exist. It's almost like I came out of myself and I really did not have the get up to do things. And I remember my daughter. She was so cute. She was real little. And my daughter, um, I was laying on the bed, which I would do. I would stay in my room. And I was still at home with my mom and my dad and my sisters. I have four sisters, beautiful sisters. um, And I'm the middle child, two older than me, two younger than me. And so my daughter, she was laying on me one day in bed. And she noticed I wasn't getting out of the room and I would get up to go fix her something to eat, get her clean, and then go right back in the room. And one particular time, my daughter said, 
Nina. Now, she, my name is Arnita, but she will hear my sisters call me Nita. And she said, Nina, I need you. And it was something about in her voice when she said, I need you. And it broke the feeling that I felt I had to keep living. I had to keep pressing on because I had a daughter. And here I am pregnant and getting myself in a deeper depression. So as time went on, I made the decision to uh, put my baby up for adoption. I went through the labor of having him, labor pains. It was a really difficult labor pains. Uh, my first daughter, Adrian, my first pregnancy, it was smooth sailing. I mean, everything within an hour. And with this pregnancy, it was so hard. And I believe it was so hard for one because of the emotional pain that was inflicted upon me. And because I literally just shut down. So when I had him, I made the decision to give him up for adoption. So I gave my son up for adoption. And I'm in the process of looking for him now. And it's not like what you see on television. You know, like a fictional television at the end of the show. The case is solved. I've been... I've decided to look for him um, actively within the last couple of years. And I remember posting something on Facebook and opening up and sharing with people on Facebook and asking them to share my story. And it was it wasn't easy. It was very hard. But I was so glad that I jumped and I posted that and I told that particular part of my life and I remember my messenger was flooded with stories you don't know me but someone shared your story and I'm like oh wow and different people started contacting me I began to hear beautiful stories of how they recovered from rape I began to hear beautiful stories of how people adopted a, a child from rape. I began to hear beautiful and not so beautiful stories of people who were a product of rape and their mom decided to keep them. So I've heard from different sides, you know, of, uh, of the ordeal that they went through. And I have to say, um, it encouraged me. I remember I used to doubt myself, like, why did I give him up for adoption? But I am 47 years old, and I would say I believe with my whole heart of all the stupid errors that I've made in my life, the stupid choices and the decisions that I've made, I can honestly say that that was one of the best decisions that I made was to give him a life. And I remember I named him Destin. I remember I named him Destin because I just believe he had a destiny. A lot of times we look at um, our situations and the pain that we go through and we say things like, well, you never, you never, you don't know what I went through. This was so much pain. You have no idea the person next to you, the pain that they have gone through. One of the things, um, 
that I looked at um, how someone used pain and brought forth uh, purpose is uh, John Wash. And I know everybody knows John Wash. John Wash is the man behind missing uh, one of the co-founders of missing and exploited children. And he's the the face, the man behind America's Most Wanted. And I think he has another show, I think in Pursuit or something. But he took his pain. His son, Adam Wash, was abducted and murdered. And he took his pain and he turned it around for something positive. And so that's why I, I say, even though the pain that I've been through, I have ministered at women's conference. I have uh, talked to um, rape victims. I've told my story. I shared my testimony and it wasn't easy, but every time I have shared my story, I've had women to contact me or women to talk to me and tell me that they've been, they went through the same thing and they thanked me for opening up and sharing, um, uh, my story. I'm not perfect along the way. Um, like I said, I've made some errors even after my son, um, having him and being a teenage mom prior to, um, I went through a space in my life where, um, I got, I will say I was a little wild child. <laughs> I will say I went through a little uh, phase where I was promiscuous. I did not know my value. I did not know my worth. And here I am, a product of uh, a pastor and a, two pastors. My, my parents were very active at the church and they were uh, pastors. For, they pastored for many years. My mom was the president of a um, well-known woman's organization in the Detroit area. And so it wasn't as though I came from a broken home. I came from a loving home. My father did not neglect us. I didn't, I can't, I don't have that story where I have daddy issues because I don't. My daddy was so involved with me and my sister as far as playing with us. My dad played with us. My dad loved us. My dad, I think he spoiled us. Yes, I will say that. <laughs> I will say we were spoiled by my father. We were, we were very, I'll say we were well loved. We are well loved because my parents are still living. They're in their 70s. Uh, I thank God for them. But even in the environment that I was in, and I don't know, this may be for someone don't worry about your children. That seed that you have planted in there, that 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 time of intercession that you have and you're going forth and you're praying for your, your children, you got to understand it's not going to return void. It's going to come back. That seed, you, you have to speak to that seed and you tell that seed that it will grow. You know, the Bible says, train up a child in the way it should go. And my parents trained us up and the fear of the Lord. And I can honestly say in my darkest moment, it is God that I turned to. I didn't turn away. I ran to the altar. 
I'm not perfect, but along this journey, I've learned that I had to depend on God. I had to um, start from a place of darkness, you know, depression. I've conquered, well, I would say I overcame um, a lot of things and depression was one of them, you know, and it's because of what was planted in me and my sisters and our home on Parkside Street in Detroit, Michigan, with loving parents who pray for us. And my dad, I remember when we were kids, my dad, he prophesied over us. And I remember one of the prophetic words my dad prayed over me was um, that I was a warrior and that God was going to use me to war in the spirit. And he also said that there was a, a show for and my belly that was going to spring out. And I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for those prayers because I couldn't understand it, but I understand when I go and I, I pray and I have my time of intercession, there's like a lion that comes out of me that I wore and I pray on behalf of people. So I'm grateful for my upbringing. I'm grateful for where God has taken me. So this first episode was just getting to know me. Um, who I am and along the way I would still give stories and encounters of my life and I'm going to be transparent. I was raised in church where a lot of times you would see preachers and people in the church and I felt like they didn't go through anything. I felt like when you got saved and when you came to know the Lord, you didn't have to worry about anything. And I didn't know about the things that we had to go through would make us better. Um, I didn't know that as a young uh, Christian, as a young believer. I didn't know that. But I'm so grateful that I know it now that I I went through a lot of things. And it's only through the grace of God that I am here. You're listening to someone who also um, had a speech impediment. As a child, I had a speech impediment problem and I had to take uh, therapy classes, speech therapy, because no one understood me. And then I went through a phase where I was delayed in talking. I think my mom said I said something like around the age of two and then I stopped talking and I didn't start back talking until I was like five, right before school. And I still had to go through speech therapy because it wasn't as clear. So when people hear my story and they hear me speak and they hear me minister, they're very surprised to hear my past. You never know what someone has been through. Don't just look at someone and think that they have it all together. You have no idea what the yesterday was. You have no idea idea what they're there you're looking at their now but you have no idea what they've been through and I'm telling you I thank God for being here so I welcome you back to uh, subscribe to this um, podcast and I promise you're going to enjoy the ride we're going to have interviews we're going to have dialogues with different people conversation, 
But this is my first episode, and I just wanted to welcome you to our Nita Patrice podcast. Thank you. God bless. Hi, this is Arnita Patrice, and this is Real Talk with Arnita Patrice. This is my first podcast, and I pray that it will be something that you all can enjoy. I promise to bring authentic topics, authentic conversations, authentic interviews to you this year. So bear with me. I'm still trying to get all of the kinks out of uh, hosting a podcast. Well, who is Arnita Patrice? She is me. I am her. <laughs> well, I'm a mother of a daughter, Adrian, and I'm a grandmother of two girls, Shamaya and Arian. And they are my world. I love my family. I'm not married. I've never been married before. I had my daughter when I was young. I was a teenage mother. And I had my daughter when I was um, turning 17, the year I was turning 17. So my daughter and I, we basically were raised together. I wasn't perfect. And a lot of things that went into raising my daughter. And so there was a disconnect at some time between my daughter and I. But I'm thankful and grateful that God has mended the disconnect. And we're working on our relationship. It's been real. I enjoy our conversations, our uncomfortable conversations. Because sometimes you have to have that. And even as a parent, we have to listen when our children are saying, you know, I didn't like when you did this or when you did this when I was young, it hurt me. We can't always have the defense of or use the defense. I was young when I had you. OK, you were young, but still you made some errors. So listen to her. And ask for forgiveness. And that's what I did. So I'm so grateful to God that we're on this road of healing and recovery. Um, She's been a blessing to me. I tell her all the time when I was young, when my daughter was young, she wasn't even two years old. I was sexually assaulted and repeatedly. And I found out I was pregnant. And in that that ordeal, I remember just shutting down. I remember just like not even wanting to exist. It's almost like I came out of myself and I really did not have the get up to do things. And I remember my daughter. She was so cute. She was real little. And my daughter, um, I was laying on a bed, which I would do. I would stay in my room. And I was still at home with my mom and my dad and my sisters. I have four sisters, beautiful sisters. um, And I'm the middle child, two older than me, two younger than me. And so my daughter, she was laying on me one day in bed. 
And she noticed I wasn't getting out of the room. And I would get up to go fix her something to eat, get her clean, and then go right back in the room. And one particular time, my daughter said, Nina, now she, my name is Arnita, but she would hear my sisters call me Nita. And she said, Nina, I need you. And it was something about in her voice when she said, I need you. And it broke the feeling that I felt I had to keep living. I had to keep pressing on because I had a daughter. And here I am pregnant and getting myself in a deeper depression. So as time went on, I made the decision to... Uh, put my baby up for adoption. I went through the labor of having him, labor pains. It was a really difficult labor pains. Uh, my first daughter, Adrian, my first pregnancy, it was smooth sailing. I mean, everything within an hour. And with this pregnancy, it was so hard. And I believe it was so hard for one because of the emotional pain that was inflicted upon me. And because I literally just shut down. So when I had him, I made the decision to give him up for adoption. So I gave my son up for adoption. And I'm in the process of looking for him now. And it's not like what you see on television. You know, like a fictional television at the end of the show, the case is solved. I've been, I've decided to look for him um, actively within the last couple of years. And I remember posting something on Facebook and opening up and sharing with people on Facebook and asking them to share my story. And it was, it wasn't easy. It was very hard, but I was so glad that I jumped and I posted that. And I told that particular part of my life. And I remember my messenger was flooded with stories. You don't know me, but someone shared your story. And I'm like, oh, wow. And different people started contacting me. I began to hear beautiful stories of how they recovered from rape. I began to hear beautiful stories of how people adopted a, a child from rape. I began to hear beautiful and not so beautiful stories of people who were a product of rape and their mom decided to keep them. So I've heard from different sides, you know, of, uh, of the ordeal that they went through. And I have to say, um, it encouraged me. I remember I used to doubt myself, like, why did I give him up for adoption? But I am 47 years old, and I would say I believe with my whole heart of all the stupid errors that I've made in my life, the stupid choices and the decisions that I've made, I can honestly say that that was one of the best decisions I made was to give him a life. And I remember I named him Destin. I remember I named him Destin because I just believe he had a destiny. A lot of times we look at um, our situations and the pain that we go through and we say things like, 
Well, you never, you never, you don't know what I went through. This was so much pain. You have no idea the person next to you, the pain that they have gone through. One of the things um, that I looked at um, how someone used pain and brought forth uh, purpose is uh, John Wash. And I know everybody knows John Wash. John Wash is the man behind missing uh, one of the co-founders of missing and exploited children. And he's the the face, the man behind America's most wanted. And I think he has another show, I think in pursuit or something, but he took his pain. His son, Adam Wash was abducted and murdered and he took his pain and he turned it around for something positive. And so that's why I I say, even though the pain that I've been through, I have ministered at women's conference. I have uh, talked to um, rape victims. I've told my story. I shared my testimony and it wasn't easy. But every time I have shared my story, I've had women to contact me or women to talk to me and tell me that they've been they went through the same thing. And they thanked me for opening up and sharing um, uh, my story. I'm not perfect along the way. um, Like I said, I've made some errors even after my son. Um, having him and being a teenage mom prior to, um, I went through a space in my life where um, I got, I will say I was a little wild child. <laughs> I will say I went through a little uh, phase where I was promiscuous. I did not know my value. I did not know my worth. And here I am, a product of uh, a pastor and a two pastors. My, my parents were very active at the church and they were uh, pastors. For, they pastored for many years. My mom was the president of a um, well-known woman's organization in the Detroit area. And so it wasn't as though I came from a broken home. I came from a loving home. My father did not neglect us. I didn't, I can't, I don't have that story where I have daddy issues because I don't. My daddy was so involved with me and my sister as far as playing with us. My dad played with us. My dad loved us. My dad, I think he spoiled us. Yes, I will say, (laughs) I will say we were spoiled by my father. We were, we were very I'll say we were well loved. We are well loved because my parents are still living. They're in their seventies. Uh I thank God for them. But even in the environment that I was in, and I don't know, this may be for someone. Don't worry about your children. That seed that you have planted in there, that 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 time of intercession that you have and you're going forth and you're praying for your your children. You got to understand it's not going to return void. It's going to come back. That seed, you you have to speak to that seed and you tell that seed that it will grow. You know, the Bible says train up a child in the way it should go. And my parents trained us up 
and the fear of the Lord. And I can honestly say in my darkest moment, it is God that I turned to. I didn't turn away. I ran to the altar. I'm not perfect, but along this journey, I've learned that I had to depend on God. I had to um, start from a place of darkness, you know, depression. I've conquered, or I would say I overcame um, a lot of things and depression was one of them, you know, and it's because of what was planted in me and my sisters and our home on Parkside Street in Detroit, Michigan with loving parents who pray for us. And my dad, I remember when we were kids, my dad, he prophesied over us. And I remember one of the prophetic words my dad prayed over me was um, that I was a warrior and that God was going to use me to war in the spirit. And he also said that there was a, a show for and my belly that was going to spring out. And I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for those prayers because I couldn't understand it. But I understand when I go and I, I pray and I have my time of intercession, there's like a lion that comes out of me that I wore. And I pray on behalf of people. So I'm grateful for my upbringing. I'm grateful for where God has taken me. So this first episode was just getting to know me. Um, who I am. And along the way, I would still give stories and encounters of my life. And I'm going to be transparent. I was raised in church where a lot of times you would see preachers and people in the church. And I felt like they didn't go through anything. I felt like when you got saved and when you came to know the Lord, you didn't have to worry about anything. And I didn't know about the things that we had to go through would make us better. Um, I didn't know that as a young uh, Christian, as a young believer. I didn't know that. But I'm so grateful that I know it now that I, I went through a lot of things. And it's only through the grace of God that I am here. You're listening to someone who also um, had a speech impediment. As a child, I had a speech impediment problem and I had to take uh, therapy classes, speech therapy, because no one understood me. And then I went through a phase where I was delayed in talking. I think my mom said I said something like around the age of two and then I stopped talking and I didn't start back talking until I was like five, right before school. And I still had to go through speech therapy because it wasn't as clear. So when people hear my story and they hear me speak and they hear me minister, they're very surprised to hear my past. You never know what someone has been through. Don't just look at someone and think that they have it all together. You have no idea what the yesterday was. You have no idea idea what they're there you're looking at their now but you have no idea what they've been through and I'm telling you I thank God for being here so I welcome you back to uh, subscribe to this um, podcast and I promise 
you're going to enjoy the ride. We're going to have interviews. We're going to have dialogues with different people, conversation. But this is my first episode, and I just wanted to welcome you to our Nita Patrice podcast. Thank you. God bless.